Warm intros run the world. It's how humans translate trust with each other. If you want to break into a network, get someone from that network to vouch for you, and getting in is much easier. With that said, I don't know how this has happened, but in 2023, getting a warm intro has never been harder. There are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people aiming to get into very exclusive networks, and the warm intro model isn't effective anymore. There's too much noise for the signal. So if you are a professional, if you're someone that wants to expand your network, what is someone to do? Well, you could spend your time cold emailing, sending LinkedIn emails, and hoping one of 100 people replies to get you a coffee meeting that leads nowhere, or you could do something different. And today's episode is sponsored by SeedScout, which allows you to do something different. SeedScout is a platform that allows you to request introductions to other people on the network with a click of a button. No more sending long emails, no more sending, doing all this research, right? It's simple. You send an intro request. If they want to meet you, they accept, and you're instantly introduced. SeedScout is an alternative way to expand your network that gives someone more context than a cold email, but it's faster to achieve than that warm introduction. So if you are a sick of spending hours, days, weeks, months, even years trying to break into new networks and you just want to try something new, I would check out seedscout.com, S-E-E-D, scout.com. Let's get into today's episode and thanks for listening. All right. How is it going, everybody? Hope you have had a great day. Thanks for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders, uh, where we talk to founders about their companies their visions for the future and how the two collide. Today, we are talking to Alex from Deal. Alex, how is your day going? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for hopping on. I'm glad that we can do this. I know we we met in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, and it was super cool jamming, and I'm glad we get to do it on the podcast now. So, Cool. Well, let's dive right into it then. So you are the you're the CEO of Deal. Um, can you give the, the the listeners a little bit of an idea of what Deal is? Yeah, I mean, Deal is it's a pretty straightforward platform. You know, more and more people um, are starting to hire remotely, are working with distributed team, are starting to rely on contractors at scale for their business. And what we do is we completely simplify compliance and payments for them. Um, actually, one thing that you will probably dive on a little later is a lot of people hire contractors today, specifically smaller companies, thinking all is good and they can just send money abroad. But you know, when you're hiring someone, there's a lot more legal and compliance difficulties behind it. And this is what we're trying to solve. We're trying to enable companies to really hire and onboard these talented people around the world with no problems on payments and no problems on legal. So I, I spend a lot of time in this space, as you know, as I, as I work with many freelancers. And when I first heard about Deal, I uh, it's just I can't imagine the magnitude of the size of the problem that you're solving with Deal. I mean, payments and everywhere in the world is such a challenge with with freelancers. So I think it's awesome. I'm curious, where did you get the idea for it or more so like kind of how did you get started or why did you get started working on deal um actually deal is not something that we came up with on the spot um our original idea and you know about that was to we we, we worked as freelancers and contractors before and yep. had to deal with compliance we've had to deal with payments we had to chase for payments our clients and our original idea actually was 
um, a form of like, you know, Upwork type of solution, like an escrow systems that would be a lot more accessible for freelancers to get paid faster. And as we dived into it, as we met more companies that were hiring contractors and we really got to you know the idea of onboarding people as not freelancers for one-time projects, but real form of employees. It's just that it's a lot more, it's more complicated to onboard employees when they're abroad. We saw that there was a massive opportunity for it. You know? And I mean, as, as silly as that sounds, our own team from the beginning has always been distributed like that. So I've been dealing with those problems internally for the last three years. Dilly is not three years old, but at my first company, you know, we had more or less the same team and we had those problems as well. So, um, you know, it's something we know how to deal with and we want to help other companies handle. Yeah, that, yeah, that's fantastic. It's um, it's one of those things where you you set out uh, to to start a company, then you realize you you have your own problem. You just like solve your own problem, which which is pretty cool. I'm curious. Um, so you've been how long have you been working specifically on a deal? Like what's the what's the timeline with with it? So I, I know I have a good idea, but for the listeners that may not have a good timeline for it. So Sho and I, oh, you should have her on the show. She's the interesting one in the team. You know? uh, we've been we've been working on Dill since we actually got into YC just a little bit before. Um, so we got in, accepted into Y Combinator's last batch in third 2019. And we had been working on Dill for about a month before that. Um, but basically, we were working on that first idea for quite a while into halfway through YC. And that's actually, uh, you know, by talking to a lot of users, um, and by really understanding the pain points of both parties, you know, the contractors and the clients that we, we realized there was a much a larger opportunity on the client side and helping them onboard all the freelancers while giving them a great experience. So I'd say like the timeline of the current product you'd be looking at today is like a little over two months, um, but overall working on deal for the past five to six months, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. So kind of going a little bit from um, the current state of deal, looking a little more towards the, the future, where do you, where are you rowing deal to? I mean, ideally, what, what's your vision for it? What would you like it to look like uh, in, in a decade or, or even longer, from, uh, longer from then? Like, what, what's your ideal vision for it? Well, you know, um, the more we dive into, into what we're doing, the, the more we understand how complex the problem we're solving is. Uh, you know, you've talked to me a month and a half or two months ago, I believe, and, you know, we thought payments was the biggest problem. Yeah. Like, to me, I'll tell you, payments is something we're doing pretty well at and it's manageable, but compliance and labor law, local mm. law, um, tax filings, documentation for paying those guys, that's an even bigger problem. So, I mean, in general, the, the general vision is we want to be able to empower companies to scale um the number of contractors they have as more and more teams become distributed. We want to make sure we're kind of like at the heart of their accounting and HR system, let's say where they can onboard, sign a contract, manage all payments have all the invoices in one place, but more importantly, ensuring that they're compliant to the, to the U S laws. If there are U S companies, you know, with 1099s, W nines filings, even W eight BN, which I know like, kind of going crazy, but those are really important stuff for companies and they don't realize that they actually need to do that to actually complying with the laws of where the freelancer is going to pay to. So long story short, our, our vision is to actually enable any company to tomorrow start onboarding people around the world as contractors and make sure they're fully compliant and all payments are handled. All right. Yeah, I do remember 
uh, when we were talking about payments. And I know that that one month or one and a half months in startup land, it feels like an eternity. Um, I actually, uh, what you're talking about reminds me a little bit about this graph that my co-founder talks to me about where it's like the, it's, it's your experience and your confidence. And as when you first get started off with something, your experience is, is minimal, but your confidence shoots up because you think you found it. And then reality kind of sets in when you realize how big of a, of a, of a challenge that you're solving and the confidence goes down a little bit, but experience and knowledge keeps going up. And I think it's a fascinating graph where the more you learn about something, the bigger you realize it is. So I think that's super interesting. So what's outside of, of kind of contractor, freelancer payments and compliance and scaling up with companies, what are some other industries that interest you? Um, and what are what are some kind of innovations that are happening in those industries that you're paying attention to? This could be anywhere from the realm of education, healthcare, government, future of work, technology. Like, what what's interesting you in in technology right now when people are building the future? Um, it's hard to say because I'm actually really it's done on, on dealing in general, so I'm not I'm not looking out too much in terms of what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of very interesting. Um, things happening, you know, in like, I think in cannabis, although it's not exactly my strongest interest, but I've seen a lot of my friends and some of my brightest friends going to work in that space. Um, you know, Sho and I have always been really interested in crypto and ship product in that space before. And actually, hopefully on deal, you'll be able to also receive and get paid through whatever, you know, Ethereum or, or, or BTC, you actually already do Ethereum. So crypto is something I'm super interested in. Uh, but I mean, you know, to be honest, there is, there's so much innovation in, in what we're currently working on. Uh, without wanting to, to like double down on that, but, you know, this idea of future of work, this idea of, uh, enabling payments around the world through, through crypto, through other, other things than, than Swift. Um, there's a lot of innovation right there. Um, so I'm kind of like laser focused on that, making sure that worked out. And, you know, just companies like yours, you know, I, I don't know how where your listeners are, but your company runs on contractors and freelancers. So empowering those types yeah. of companies is what I want to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I... driving it back to that, you know, it's just like there, there's a lot of things happening in tech all the time. You know, there's like just as industries in general, you've got like elder tech, which I think the guys back at Initialize are doubling down on. That's really interesting. You've got crypto, which tons of people have invested in. Like, there's a lot of things that are super interesting, and it's easy to actually get defocused in general. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all of that. I think that specifically in the realm that we both are, are kind of in right now, which is future of work, there's, there's so much going on in the future of work that, that, uh, it's almost taking your eye off the ball, looking at some of these other potentially shiny objects that are cool, but aren't actually going to move the needle. Um, so yeah, I'm also very fascinated with the future of work. I'd say one of my, one of my last, uh, last couple of questions, mm-hmm. um, I have one, one about the future of work and then a few about some of your inspirations. Um, so in regards to the future of work, can you paint a, a picture? Let's say like, let's say it's two decades down the line, you know, AI, we, we reached AGI, artificial general intelligence. We have, we have just w- what everyone thinks is going to happen, whatever that is, has happened. What, what is your kind of, picture of the future of work in, in 20 years and what can you give me a little bit of idea of what you think the future of work is going to be and what it's going to look like yeah it's, it's interesting because i've been talking to a lot of people in that space trying to understand what what they think i, I you know i'm thinking specifically to um uh, leticia uh, leticia vito if you don't know her you should probably speak to her she's a big advocate of the future of work she's a lecturer in a few grades in a great university back in france and you know, 
what, what she was telling me, which is a very different approach to how me and you are looking at it, is that as, as this idea of remote and this idea of you can work anywhere, you know, there's a lot of talents everywhere and, uh, you know, there's no more boundaries in terms of where you're working from. Um, there's going to be less and less. I know this not exactly doesn't, doesn't go in the, in what me and you are thinking of when we think future of work, but I found it to be really interesting. Uh, there's going to be less and less physical interactions. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be missing and, and rebuilding the, the physical interactions from, that are going to be lacking from your work and your interactions with your colleagues and things is something that I, that's going to be really interesting in the future of work and something that I personally haven't found any solution for. And I feel it, right? When you're talking to the people working at Dell, you're super excited what to, as of what we're building, but the only moment they really get like physical contact, let's say, or, like talk to each other face to face is during our retreats, right? So I think there's definitely something there that needs to be built. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but I feel like within the next 20 years, we'll have an answer for it. But I definitely expect, like, in terms of how we look at the future of work, I definitely expect tons of companies to start going remote. You know, Stripe just announced that that is going to be the way, the fifth way they hire. Um, there's a few other very big companies that I can't say yet, but you'll see very soon that are going to start hiring remotely publicly. So there is going to be a huge wave of all the big tech companies realizing that, you know, and maybe I'll probably answer that take as well, right? Realizing that if they want to bring talent, uh, and if this is how people in our generations or the, the generations under, I mean, younger than us are going to be working, they're going to have to be open-minded to it and they're going to have to bring the suit of products to make them happy. Yeah, I cannot agree more. It's, um, I mean, like people that are coming out of college are kind of expecting a remote option. So companies that, that aren't offering that are at a disadvantage. So I think it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting development as the future of work. Uh, well, actually, uh, since you're interested in that, you should probably look at, I'll send you an article after that, uh, which yeah. is actually how we, and, and this is actually, to be honest, one of our strong selling points. Um, a lot of people are starting to want to work remote and as contractors. Um, but I think, I don't remember the exact percentage, but a pretty high percentage of everyone working remotely right now is working pretty much illegally based on where they're working from. Uh, I'll send you the article. It's super interesting. And it's one of the yeah, things fascinating. doubling down on compliance. It's like, you know, you want to empower those things and you want to start paying people around the world. You want to let them work from wherever they want as digital nomads or from their home. But then, you know, there is a lot more intricacy to actually how that works from a, from a, employer to um, employee standpoint and yeah i'll send you the article it's super interesting you should do like a solo podcast on that <laughs> yeah for sure i am fascinated just about the remote growth uh so i'd love to read that i, I appreciate it um cool well i have i have one I have two last questions for you so as you build a deal um and as you, as you grow it as you work on your last companies i'm curious um, who are some of the companies and or uh, role models or like CEOs, founders that you kind of embody as you go out and build your own future? Uh, you kind of crafting your own wedge into the future. Are there companies that you are trying to kind of follow in a way or are there role models like CEOs or founders that you um, are trying to embody? Anything like that that you kind of use as an example? Um, hmm. that's, that's interesting. Never really thought of it like that. You know, there's a, a lot of people I find 
in the startup community there there you know because at the end of the day i am in the in the startup community right so there's yep. a lot of people like that that i think are are doing great things uh, you know one of the guy that i think has been has been a great voice in in our space advocating on a lot of things some things i agree with some things i don't um is alexi ohenian someone i've looked up to for quite a while um just for what he the way he you know the way he looks at at tech in general and he he's fought on you know parental leaves and things like that in terms of purely like ceos that i'm looking up to i don't i i mean not no one specific i i do love austin from lambda school i think i think he's great i think he he has a He's a very talented um, CEO and a very talented marketer. And every time, you know, I've pinged him for, for help, he's always been there. Um, and then another one, who's actually one of our investors, who is pretty much on the low key, he probably would kill me for saying that, um, is Matt McInnes, if you, if you know him. Um, he's actually someone that whenever today I make a, I make a decision, I, I kind of, but ask for his advice um, and he's there all the time and he's been through it and he he has a very different angles on how he sees um, the role of CEO and I've learned a ton from him so I don't know if you if you get to interview him you can dive a little more into that yeah but yeah I'm not gonna tell you Elon Musk or or business or those guys because like you know it's uh, for me they're in a different dimension right now you know as of course of course yeah awesome yeah, no, it's it's interesting you mentioned Austin. Austin, I, I agree. He's he's like although he's on a rocket ship, he's also the most approachable dude in the world. Um, I asked him to be to come onto this podcast, and he and he said yes, like five episodes ago or so. And he's just like a cool a cool guy. And I just emailed him, hey, can you interview us for YC for uh, YC interview? And he's like, sure, come. Yeah, that's and, awesome. Oh, what do you think of those guys? You know, they might be investors, like. It basically answers super fast and actually has very genuine answers. It tells you what he thinks. And, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of things I, I could learn from him. Definitely. I, th- I think we all could learn a lot from him. Well, well cool. Well, I have, I have one last question for you. I appreciate you uh, hopping on, taking some time out of your schedule to chat about the future and whatnot. Um, my last question to you is um, we have a good amount of listeners who are future founders. They want to build companies. They might be, um, kind of early in their career or they want to make a career shift to startups and they want to build the future. So what advice would you tell them as someone building a company and kind of building the future? What advice would you tell these people who want to get started but haven't really taken that first step yet? What, what would you say? Um, I mean, it really depends on the stage where they're at, um, you know, whether they have an idea, whether they already have a co-founder, whether they're really working um there's a few things i think number one is when you do find like the idea you want to work on one thing that i didn't do well enough and you know i still need to improve quite a bit on was um actually talking to and i know this is super cliche but like actually talking to users in a way that makes you understand if what you're building is worth worth it or not um even as you build it or even at the very much at the idea stage like right now you know if i had talked to more users i would have probably shifted my product roadmap a little bit in the early in the early developments of deal right so it saves a lot of money saves a lot of time and you know makes you understand whether or not people want it um other advice i think i gave you that advice i really think doing yc is a smart thing to do <laughs> i really think yc helps in a lot of different ways and you know specifically whether it's a career shift or when it's a little more down the road um the structure the help 
um, and the experience you get out of it. Even as someone that has built things in the past, I mean, didn't build billion dollar companies, but I built some stuff in the past. It was like insanely valuable. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when you do that, say people, people here, they're even more where I'm from, right? In like Europe and Israel, like people are, are quite open to, to helping. You just need to actually have the, have the chutzpah to reach out, you know, and to ask for help. And as soon as, you know, you, you actually, have real value and you, you think what you're working on is really great. Just don't be shy and ask for people and you know, whether it's me, you or, you know, bigger entrepreneurs like Alexis is actually pretty approachable as well. Like send them, send them what you're working on, ask them what they think. And you know, that could prevent you from doing a ton of mistakes. Yeah. I think that's very valuable advice. I think a lot of people appreciate that. So cool. So to, to wrap it up, where can people learn about, uh, deal and where can they find you online? Do you have any social links or websites that you want to share? Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're hiring contractors and you want to make sure you're not going to get audited and sued, <laughs> you should use deal. Uh, so our website is let's deal, L E T S D E E L dot com. So it's not deal D E A L, it's deal D E E L. And I mean, we are probably, you know, I'm 24 seven on intercom. So if you want to chat, just hit me up there. <laughs> all right gotta love intercom well cool well thank you so much for coming on to the podcast uh this was awesome i love jamming specifically on the future of work so, so it's always a pleasure when i get to talk about that and um yeah i mean i hope you have a good rest of your day and if you're listening to the podcast thank you everyone for tuning in for this conversation between alex and i i hope you all have a good day as well and i'll see you next week for the next episode of forward thinking founders Hope everyone has a good day. Thank you for having me. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Um.